Hey sans, Vaisan, it's Jorgen Sundberg here with the Link Humans podcast. This week, we're going to talk all about millennials. Brenda Wong, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Now, can you tell our listeners uh, all about Debut and what you do there, please? So, Debut is an app that is targeted towards students and recent graduates. We partner with a ton of Times 100 employers to connect students directly to grad schemes and other opportunities like internships and placements. So what sets us apart from all the other um, recruitment apps out there is that you fill in a profile one time and then employers come to you. So they will talent spot you and then you get messages like, oh, Brenda, you've been talent spotted by EY or Microsoft. Please open up the app to take a look at your opportunity. So a lot of the reasons of why we exist is because people tend to go for the same kind of roles all the time. I was just speaking to um, one of our users who just came in for a meeting and he said to me, I got talent spotted by L'Oreal. And he was like, I never thought that L'Oreal would be an interesting company for me, me to apply to because it, it's geared towards, you know, more more on the cosmetics, you know, the stereotypical female side. But he went to an event with L'Oreal um, based off the talent spot and he's now chasing up a placement with them. And that's the kind of connections that we're trying to create with Debut. So you're basically the LinkedIn for millennials. Oh God, <laughs> LinkedIn for millennials. It's always like a LinkedIn for millennials or the Uber for eating or the you know, the Tinder for this and stuff like that. So it's trying to copy different things. I think we're something quite unique. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I like the name debut. My, my uh, reservation about debut would be uh, because people are young and they, they look for jobs and so on, they get their debut uh, opportunities. But will you be able to keep the members uh, engaged? And what if you're 35 with two kids? Should you still be on debut? <laughs> I have had this question asked um, asked of me many a time. So my role here at Debut is kind of social media and community management. So it's my job to keep you guys in the app and keep you guys engaged. So a lot of what we do actually is also creating um, insight articles. So it's careers resource articles that help students and recent graduates and anyone who is looking for careers advice um, to really feel comfortable you know, adulting. Nobody knows how to be an adult. I'm sure you're going to understand, like, even when you get to your mid-30s and get to your 40s and beyond, like, nobody really knows what they're doing. So we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to kind of say to our users, that's okay, because we're right here with you. We're trying to figure it all out and we'll do it together. So you, you, you'll coach people through life. Perfect. Okay, great. All right. So, so your role is basically to, to, to get millennials and young people engaged and to use the, the platform. And um, that's, uh, that, that's, that's really interesting because I've also heard you saying that millennials don't exist. Well, wh where's that coming from? It's a bit of a controversial statement, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, it, it's, I, millennials is a term, of course, of course it exists. But what I'm really trying to put across to anybody I speak to, whether it's an employer or my friend or, you know, somebody at the pub, whenever somebody uses the word millennial, they're referring to a huge group of people. So companies tend to want to put um, demographics into 
you know, these like squares into a square, circle into a circle thing, but real life doesn't work like that. So there are about 13.8 millennials in the UK. So this was like a figure I got from The Guardian about a year ago. So, and apparently this group of people is, you know, it has an age range of 15 years. They come from different social classes. They come from different cultures, genders, backgrounds, sexualities. It, you know, to the millennials don't exist because it's impossible to market to that big of a group. And if you want to try marketing to millennials, you're just going to be wrong because that's impossible. So basically the gist of it is that there are 13.8 million millennials, but we need to break them down and segment them further if we want to have success. Yeah, I think a lot of companies are very hung up on trying to nail their millennial marketing. Mm -hmm. They really should, you know, take a step back a little bit and figure out whether, you know, the millennial group are the right target audience. Yeah. Well, it seems to be for debut and uh, and your customers, I I assume. Yes, um, our, we're currently targeting the kind of 18 to 24 age group because that's the general age group of when people are going to grad schemes, placements and internships. Because we're, um, of the employees that we currently have, they're mostly like the biggest firms that we have in the UK. Um, they tend to have very traditional kind of structured um, placements and internship process but next year we're moving to expand to smaller medium business medium-sized businesses um which will have a little bit more um diverse kinds of opportunities available so maybe we'll we're going to look to market to people who haven't gone to university school leavers or even like people who maybe have done postgraduate degrees and beyond because there's so many so many people out there who are not able to Find the right opportunities for them. That's why we exist. We you have a profile, and you, our algorithm matches you with the opportunities that suit you best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a jungle out there. I mean, it's hard for for grown ups to uh, to find uh, the right opportunities. So I can just imagine uh, if you've never really had a job, that that uh, it must be daunting to uh, to make your debut. As it were, Absolutely. so yeah, so so um, I've heard you uh, you spoke at a conference the other week, and you talked us through five steps to reach out to millennials, and really, really your best tips. Could you talk us through these steps, please? Yes, thank you for the opportunity. By the way, I had an absolute blast; it was amazing. So I will take you through. Like it's it's so strange to be like this is my five five tips on how to market to millennials because really you know. It depend, depends on you. These are like things I've come that I've come up with through my experience. Yeah, they work for you. That's good. Yeah, to market these young people. So the the first tip is, you know, kind of echoing my whole millennials don't exist thing. Tailor your campaigns. You know, researching who your target audience is and constantly updating that research is so important. So young people occupy different kinds of tribes. So you can have young people into K-pop or grime music or, you know, somebody who's obsessed with the Kardashian family and they all fit into different tribes. You need to do your research as into whether your product's going to be applicable to them, whether they'll relate to it. And then from there, you make, make up your own specialized custom audience. Always do that. If you kind of go, oh, young men under the age of 18, it's not going to work for you because you don't know them. You want to 
be able to relate to them that you, they're, they're your younger sister or your younger brother or your best friend. So you know them like the back of your hand. Okay, so, so so before you go to the second one, sorry, let's say you're L'Oreal. So how, mm-hmm. how would L'Oreal target? What's, what's their tailoring? The interesting thing about L'Oreal is that, like, obviously they're an established business with, you know, quite an established target audience. Mm-hmm. But their audience's interests are constantly changing. Um, if you look at, like, the trends nowadays in make, makeup, just kind of thinking off the back of my head, like up and coming brands like Makeup Revolution, um, they're like a, a startup that's like just gone huge. They are like undercutting them in pricing and like introducing lots of trends that are like are on Instagram that L'Oreal are trying desperately to like keep in touch with and like keep keep track of. So you gotta make sure that you're on top of the trends and like look at what your audience is sharing on Instagram and what they're really engaging with. So your audience might be the same, your custom audience might be the same. But what they're into is going to change every single day, every single year. So you got to keep on top of it. Okay, so there's there's disruption even in the, the beauty industry. That's good to hear. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, number two. So, number two. Don't jump on the negative millennial bandwagon. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen articles like slamming millennials at all, Jürgen. Um, yes, probably. Yes. So the general gist is like millennials are lazy, are lazy, entitled. They can't use yes. um, things that are not touchscreen. Example: uh, There was like a hashtag, I think, um, how to confuse a millennial, which was, it was just horrible. They were like, put them in a phone booth and watch watch how confused they are. <laughs> People love to hate on millennials, but what I would suggest to brands is, you know, don't don't fall for that. I think. Um, po- encouraging positivity and light um, is actually a much better approach when it comes to marketing to the millennial group. So there's a company called BuzzSumo that um, did this huge piece of research on the top 1,000 articles shared in the first half of 2016. Mm-hmm. Yep. And 70% of the articles shared had a positive sentiment. So it's clear that you know people tend to share good news and stuff that is happy and positive and cheerful. So if you're trying to slam millennials, it's not going to go down well. So another good example is BuzzFeed. So they've come out, I mean, BuzzFeed's going to come up again and again as like the the news app of choice for millennials. Mm-hmm. But they also have a subsidiary called Tasty, which is um, square short form videos making uh, food recipes. So they had 3 billion page views in January. Um, and then they've spinned off, I think, three or four regional tasties. And now they've um, their recent acquisition is like something called Goodful, which is um, how to improve your life, you know, how to eat healthily, how to have quick hacks for your home. And it's clearly building content that is nice, shareable, relatable and happy. The point is, like, make happy content. And these, this content is trying to help millennials, you know, live a better life and that kind of content is going to engage them better than you know we hate you guys you guys suck <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough and uh ironically uh steve Rayson from buzzoom was actually on this podcast last week talking about his research so uh yes i, I know what you're talking about all right so what's practical tip number three <laughs> practical tip number three jumping on current events is a good idea 
but only when you do it your way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've heard, but uh, we had a election quite recently. Yeah. <laughs> so I was at Old Street Station. I'm based around Old Street. And there was an amazing pop-up by a company called Appear Here. They took the election and they popped up a store in Old Street. And it allowed um, passerbys to kind of vote for who they wanted. Because obviously we don't get to vote in the U.S. election. But they gave cards to us and we could just put it in a box and we had a little bit of chat as to what's going to happen. And you can even take away um, branded like Hillary or Donald Trump cupcakes with you. Is leveraging a current event and doing it in their own style, which I found really impressive. Um, But I think, you know, it's important not to jump on every single current event that comes your way. So when you do something like the election, um, if you're not like a politics website, Think about how you're going to spin it for your product. Um, everybody always talks about, you know, that Oreo advertisement that came out a couple of years ago now at the Super Bowl. D- dunking in the dark, yeah. Exactly. That's the perfect example. you got to do it your way. Um, if it doesn't fit your brand, if, you know, no matter how big that news is, don't don't run with it. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of other people try to emulate that dunking in the dark um, update. But not which with as much success, of course. Okay, I, I don't really blame them, to be honest. No, I mean it, it, it was perfect when it was done. Um, yeah, okay. And what is number four? Number four, become part of their personal brand. So this is a bit of a sneaky one, because we're trying to get young people to share our stuff, like all the time we want people to not only engage with like and you know forget about it we want them to be part of our brand journey so you have to make things extremely visually beautiful make stuff work worth sharing so a great example of um you know personal personal and corporate branding of you know that marriage between the two is buffer so buffer's instagram is hashtag instagram goals they take beautiful images taken by the users so they've got user generated content and they kind of mix in together stuff like a beautiful office with a buffer sticker on the back of a laptop so it's like kind of subliminally inserting images into people's minds that you know associating the brand with something amazing so if you put your branding into an experience people will tend to associate you with that particular experience so, yeah, beyond that, I think like one of the, the actionable tips I would say in, to add to that is you, you should do a time-specific hashtag. So Monday motivation is something that we see on Twitter every single week from different kinds of brands, and each brand has something different to say. But very rarely do you see somebody do it well and do it, you know, either making fun of it or make, doing something completely unique. You should... Either create your own hashtag or jump on it in a very unique way that's specific to you. So we do tweets um, on Monday Motivation from celebrities like Kanye um, or Kim Kardashian because people don't expect it to come from celebrities. And like actually, they've come up with some nuggets of wisdom that you just have to look into. Okay, right. And uh, now I'm a little bit confused. Though. Is it, have you got five or have you actually got six tips? Though? Because number... Was that number 3.5? What's number 4? Uh, 4.5? 4.5 is, well, 4.5 is people relate to people. So what we tend to do is that we try to encourage employee advocacy as 
much as possible here mm-hmm. at Debut. So we have like this article was written for by Alex from Debut or Beth from Debut or Hiran from Debut. So I want people to be able to display their um, that their work for Debut on their profiles, be sharing the articles, but also adding their own spin to it. So it's an, an extension of the content you've created. So I can share a piece on the official Debut page saying, you know, we wrote something about uh, Fabric London's reopening today. So I can share something generic about that. But then Alex, who wrote the piece, can then share it again on his own profile and say, I wrote this because I'm really excited about Fabric's reopening. I'm sure you are too. What do you guys think about it? People relate to people. And if you leverage your employees and turn them into your brand ambassadors, you're going to go a long way with young people. Yeah. Okay. So for our North American listeners, uh, Fabric is an iconic nightclub, uh, which was, uh, was it closed down this year, last year? In London. It was closed down this year and it was in a massive uproar. Yeah, but now it's finally reopening with uh, restricted uh, opening hours, I think. Yes, indeed. Right. Uh, have you got a final tip or was that it? I do have a final tip. Okay. So be open, be useful and always give back. Hmm. So successful content in a content-saturated world usually has one of two things. Either a personal edge or that piece of content is truly and absolutely the most useful version of that piece. So Google can either be your enemy or your friend in this circumstance. If you know somebody Googles you and says, okay, like your content isn't very good, the millennials see right through you, the digital natives, and with a few taps on the touchscreen, they can like completely decimate your brand. So you have to be really careful about what you put out there and be completely honest about who you are, be transparent in your content, you know, the best performing piece of content on debut we've had so far was a piece about going back to university after you've graduated. And it was a very personal piece by one of our writers. And it takes the readers on a journey and actually, like, really resonated emotionally with our readers. And it was clear, like, it reflected in the shares and page views. People want to see the journey. People want to see, you know, not only the happiness and the successes that you've experienced, but also like the obstacles and the challenges because they want to believe that, you know, if you can do it, they can do it too. Mm. Um, and that's the reason why transparency is so important when it comes to, you know, marketing to millennials. It's not enough to be shiny, happy people all the time. You have to be true. Yeah. Yeah, I think millennials, well, I think people nowadays in general have a very, very good, uh, strong BS radar. So totally, yeah. totally. So the more authentic, the more the more real you can be, the, the better. Um, and I was just going to ask you your your best ever performing piece. Is that the one where you state that millennials don't exist? <laughs> Actually, um, that piece was. I started up, up um, an email newsletter called Mythical Millennial, talking about all of this um, millennial marketing debunking, and that's where I originally came up with the idea. Um, I'm certainly probably not the only one who thinks this. There's, if you Google millennial marketing, I mean, I, I hope that people are, are trying to say that, you know, you need to approach this in a different way. But I'm trying to, you know, I've, I've been in the industry a while. And what I've noticed is that people are really, really hung up on trying to market to millennials. So I started the email newsletter up in order to kind of go, guys, can you please chill about the millennials now? Just chill. Think about it in a different way, and I tackle different topics in that newsletter. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think my my tally, I think that was actually six tips, and I'm just looking at your your presentation from the event the other weekend. Mm-hmm. It's slightly different, but uh, I will I will embed this deck into the accompanying art, article with this podcast, so uh, everyone can look at the visuals there. Right. So another question is, I think you touched on this already, but uh, what are some of the common mistakes you see uh, employers in particular making with young people, with millennials, with grads? So one example, I'm not going to name the company because, you know, we might want to work with them one day, but companies are trying really hard to recruit young people on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. Snapplications. Snapplications. Oh, I love it. Well, I I love it in theory, but not in practice. (laughs) So I think employers really need to figure out what works for them best. Snapchat is something that, young people use for entertainment they don't want they're not interested in applying to a job on snapchat so it's stuff like that you know you're trying to jump on stuff like instagram or snapchat without quite knowing what young people use it for so if you're not using the right social network it's not going to work things like email marketing is surprisingly very successful and efficient when it comes to marketing to young people about recruitment because it's you know, people expect formal communication by email. They don't expect formal communication by Snapchat. Mm. And I thought emails were dead. Emails are certainly not dead. <laughs> I. Uh, okay. All right. So that's that's a common mistake. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of uh, employers out there uh, experimenting, I think. Uh, but uh, another podcast interview was actually with Cisco, who are having loads of success on Snapchat. But I don't think they do it to target millennials. It's more for employee branding in general. Exactly. Do it, do it for that. Cisco are actually one of our clients. Okay, great. They're absolutely incredible. Like, yeah, I've seen their Snapchat. And that's that's the right way to go about it. It's, you know, coming back to my point about, you know, making making things that's worth sharing for millennials. Like, be take them on yeah. a journey. Make it visual. That's a perfect example. It's the rainbow kitten unicorns. How how could you go wrong with a with a team Absolutely. name like that? Yeah. Okay. Final question, uh, Brenda. Where would you like to send our listeners? Where can they find out more about debut and yourself? Sure. Well, you can always find us on Twitter at debut careers. Um, our website is also debut careers. So it's really difficult to get that wrong once you get our Twitter right. You can find me on Twitter at Brenda is a rebel. Uh, uh, stop. Can you explain your Twitter handle? Uh, I know every single time. So I've been on Twitter since 2009. I like so long ago. When I look back at my early tweets, just super embarrassing. Um, and I came up with that when I was 16, 17, roughly. And I thought it was super cool because it was what I call a misnomer. I'm like somebody who tends to follow authority. So I was like, haha, Bruno is a rebel. So I kind of took it and ran with it. And I just didn't change it. For years and years and years. Very cool, very cool. So Brenda is a rebel. And of course, your uh, your newsletter, where can yes. we find it? You can find um, my newsletter, Mythical Millennial, at mythicalmillennial.com. It gets um, released every two weeks. The next one goes out next week on Wednesday. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much for your time, Brenda. Thank you so much. Okay, I hope you got a lot out of that chat. Everything that uh, Brenda talked about will be in the show notes article. And all the show notes articles are, of course, available at linkhumans.com slash podcast. Finally, would you like your company brand or product featured on this podcast, just like Debut and Brenda were this week? Please get in touch with me at Jorgen at Linkhumans, and we'll take it from there. 
That's it for this week. Many thanks for tuning in and I look forward to uh, catching up with you next time. I tell you a chemistry joke, but I know I wouldn't get a reaction.